dude. I know the, the, the Halloween Ends trailer is finally coming out, but I gotta tell you, the the plot to Halloween Ends <laughs> leaked a couple of days ago, and like they did a bunch of test screenings, so obviously people are talking about it all online. Are they jumping they the shark now? Is that, is that what's happening? Oh, dude, if you thought some of the movies they made like in the original Halloween run were bad... Oh, no, 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 no. Buckle up, cowboy, because oh. this is about to get far shittier. Then you, you've got to be loving this, then, because you love some of that shit. I, 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 to this day, I will stand by Halloween Resurrection as a fucking entertainment. That's the Busta Rhymes one, right? It, obviously, oh, yes. God, it, that's it's a, it, it, danger oh. tame. Yes, it, it has its merits. There are some entertaining things about it. Hi, my name is Christina Lees. You might know me as Kyle from the Child's Play series, and you're listening to Children of the Atoms. Hello, everybody. We are back. Surprisingly full show. This time. Well, maybe full. It depends on how long we we ramble on about what we're supposed to talk about. There's a lot to talk about tonight, I think. There is, yeah. You know, just from things we watched, let alone everything else we read about online and and what have you. Uh, kind of in honor of James Conlon, who mentioned at the end of the last show, we're going to be getting into one of his movies here. And while Misery would have been the obvious choice... Or, or The Godfather, uh, but... Or The Godfather, yeah. I, you know, to be honest, I've only ever seen parts of the first Godfather. Are you I've never serious? Quite. Wow. You know, there's people out there who, who say you haven't gone through the manhood rite of passage if you haven't watched that. You, yeah. You I've need been, to rectify that's not that, the man. First have time you, I've heard that. Have you even seen the second one at all? No. Oh, oh man. Oh. Nor, nor the third. Well, you can kind of go away from there. Oh. You don't have to watch a third. Um, Is that one missable? It, it takes a, a steep drop. <laughs> um, if you're a completionist, you, you want to watch it, but you don't have to. But you absolutely okay. have to see the, the first two because they are phenomenal films. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. I love them. Oh, boy. Yeah, you need to do that. Which one is Robert De Niro in? Both of them. He's in both of the first yeah. two? Yeah. Okay. And he plays, He he's like the Tony Soprano? He plays, uh, he is the adopted brother of the uh, Corleones. He is their attorney. Robert De Niro is? Yep. Tom, huh. uh, boy, I can't remember his last name now. It's escaping me. Tom starts with an H or something. Ugh. You're thinking of Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Who would you say? De Niro. Oh, Robert De Niro. I'm sorry. Okay, completely off. Okay. Yeah, Robert is he not De Niro in that is movie? in the I second thought, one. Yes. Shit. Oh, he's okay. So he is in the movie. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of give you just, I, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but the second <laughs> one essentially uh, is a, it, it takes place in two different times. So you get oh. a, the early uh, Vito Corleone in his younger years. And then it, it goes to the modern time where Michael is still leading the family. So it Vito's Tony Soprano. Uh, so Michael would be more of Tony Soprano. Okay, so Vito is Vito would is be John, like yeah the, the mini saints of, of New Jersey would be like his dad and shit. Okay, yeah. all right. But it, if you had seen the first movie, you would understand. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've only seen bits and pieces like in clips. I've never seen the. I have no idea like the plot. Nothing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you need to just kind of set some side. I mean, set three hours aside to watch the first one. Three it's, hours. Yeah. It, Holy shit! It's worth. It and there's that a superhero in it? You want me to watch it for it's, three hours? I'm telling you, man, it's worth it. If you like any kind of Holy gangster shit. films, this really? is the gangster film that kind of really started. I mean, you could argue and say, yeah, like movies like you know, James Cagney and stuff like that, the 50s and 40s and uh -huh. stuff like that, are kind of gangsters. No, this is like the real OG mafia movie that you need to watch. 
Okay. It, it's got some classic lines in there that you'll recognize. I mean, it's just absolutely, you'll love it. It's, it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully directed. It's Boy, three hours from 1972 is going to feel like a month. It's, Holy it's, shit. I'm telling you, though, you don't notice it because the mo- the story really? just keeps going. It's It okay. pulls you in. It's it, You love The Sopranos, you will love The yeah. Godfather. I mean, where do you think all those stories came from, man? They are all have their roots tied to The Godfather, yeah. man. I mean, it's all influenced by that. I, yeah, I've never actually sat down a while. They're on uh, Paramount, it looks like. I can, oh, I can watch them. There you go. I mean, like I said, you don't have to watch the third. Just watch the first and second one. There, there are, and Because and, I'm just curious to see what you would come out on the argument of which one's better, the first or second one. Because there's like two distinct camps. People will say the first one is tr- the, the best one. And there's other people who just say, no, 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 the second one, that's the best one of all. And is this like, uh, is this Star Wars versus Empire? But for it, but for a little for bit, yes, I think that's a good comparison. Um, I think at least in well, in my opinion, uh, I know between Star Wars and Empire, which one is the better film, technically and story told <laughs> and all that stuff. Okay, in your opinion, like do, do you even not do you want to tell me which one of the first two, which one of the God, Godfathers do you like better, or do you not want to tease it at all? Because I, I think if you tell me, I'll figure out which one the Empire is if you tell me. And I'll, that'll be the one I focus on. Like, Here's I, the better I'm, one. I, will, I will challenge you this. I'd say watch them and then tell me what your thoughts are. Okay. And I will, oh, I will shit. Stanley from The Office is in the fucking Godfather movies? I wasn't aware of that, but that's even cooler. He's listed on the cast of Godfather 2. That thing is three and a half hours. That's even longer. Yeah. They're, Holy they're shit. called the Godfather saga, man. I mean, it, but it's, it's great, man. Wow. I, it's just, oh, it's great drama. Great drama, three and a half. That's a that's a watch, man. And besides that, man, like I said, it's it's a rite of passage, man. You have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch it. All right, I get it. I'll dedicate some time because Jesus, that's that's some solid streaming hours right there. Yeah, it is. I mean, but I mean, but think of all the other crap you've watched just in the last like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, very true. Like I, I, I'm working on like I don't even know like how many times like I've watched this one sitcom. It's got to be at least thirty. I'm going through <laughs> yeah. it all over again. Yeah, I think you can find three hours, even if you have to break it up and watch it in two parts, man. Because uh, back in the day on VHS, it used to come in two two uh, VHS tapes, so you could like put the oh first one God. in, and then it'd give you the intermission, and then you'd watch the second part. That is a whole different style of dedication to watching the movies to get off your ass and eject the tape, let alone rewind it. If you didn't, if you weren't high flute and had the separate tape rewinder, you had to sit there and wait a while yeah. for fucker to go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Thank God we live in modern times, right? <laughs> <laughs> I miss cassette tapes. I don't know. Maybe it's just because like the time it came up, there was always just something about it, like the kachunk and then the thunk and then the like just the whole yeah, yeah, the whole fucking setup, man. It's like it was just a whole thing. Like you knew, like oh shit, here it comes, and then. Back in the day when they didn't have auto tracking, so you had to like push tracking on the remote, and then finally yeah. Yeah, auto tracking came along, so it'd clear up sometimes. But then if the tape was worn out, you were just like you were mm-hmm. screwed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I well, I, I still own a couple of VHS tapes. I think I, I know I got the Star Wars trilogy still on my VHS. But <sighs> one of my favorite parts of growing up was uh, you stayed at having the ability to record stuff from the TV oh, like, yeah. or the VCR. Yep. But like if you I don't know like if your family was like mine where you had a rotation of tapes where you could tape stuff and tapes you couldn't tape stuff on. Yeah, because and, I mean, and, the ones you couldn't have, you broke that little tab off that so you wouldn't right, let you yeah, do it. Yeah. Right. Like you'll get nobody record over this. This has major league one and most of major league two on it. Just <laughs> don't fucking touch it. 
<laughs> Probably all you need to see about it, too. Yeah, basically, like, you miss, like, the first seven minutes, but it's fine. You know, you get home late and you pop in the tape anyway. You'd, it works. <laughs> but, like, would you ever see remnants of old commercials, like, mixed in? Yes! Or, like, shit that wasn't supposed to be there? Yes! Yeah, I, I mean, love the accidental time travel. Where would you two be without those people who like, <laughs> taped all that shit, man? Because you can yeah, find right? a plethora of that out there on that channel. Oh, yeah. I I could watch, like, 80s, just not even, like, fucking 80s cartoons or, like, Saturday morning, like, fun stuff. Just the fucking commercials. I yes. could watch a stream of that shit for hours. It just brings you back to the days, man, when you were a child yeah. and you were playing with all those toy sets. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I feel like just doing that right now. Just going up there looking, looking up some Transformer stuff, looking up some G.I. Joe stuff. Man. Yeah, those commercials, man. There was just – maybe just because streaming today has just spoiled me to the – to the point where I just don't see commercials anymore. So maybe the commercials just don't feel the same as they did. But man, they felt big, I guess. But maybe it was just because we were kids at the time and commercials today would feel the same like that. But I just, I don't know. I don't know if kids these days are being slammed with advertisements the way we were. Like, they seem, you know, YouTube ads and shit like that seem more prevalent than just, you know, a solid 45 seconds of the Micro Machines guy talking to you super fast and you want to buy little tiny cars. Yes. I mean, I think the difference today is you got kids that, you know, they, they can skip through ads like on YouTube. Right. Like you might have to sit through five seconds of an ad, but you can skip through it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when we were kids and you woke up to watch Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, like the cartoons were part of the fun, man. Like, like you said, the Micro Machine guy, he'd be on yeah. there. You know, you would see the G.I. Joe commercials. You'd see the McDonald's commercials, the cereal commercials, and they were mm. all like cartoons in themselves. And so they were, yeah, they, they were a part of what made watching those cartoons in the morning fun or watching, you know, getting through cartoons and finally getting to pro wrestling, you know, on Saturday morning. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was all, all the joy of it. And because that, that's how life was. Now you live in a world where depending on what you're paying for, you may not have to watch any ads. <laughs> not this house, I tell you that. Yeah, I'm with you too. I was like, <laughs> I'm pointing my life where I'm going to pay not to have to watch shit. Yeah. <laughs> I got, if I gotta watch some crappy shit anyway I'm not gonna sit through ads with it damn it yeah like, that's the worst part about it but I think I don't know <laughs> like are we are we denying this generation's children awesome commercials by giving them the option to skip through shit and, or not have any commercials at all I mean, well, they'll, they'll have their own memories when they get to our age and they'll look right. back and they'll say yeah remember when I was watching YouTube or TikTok you know after, right. after the looking at what's being produced you know, 30 years down the line, it's going to yeah. be crazy. Yeah. I think we yeah, all, we all have sure. that as a generation as stuff we can look back on as a kid and just looking on it. So ad- admira- admirably and thinking that like, that was like the, the golden age of any time in anybody's life. Like we, we had the greatest child in earth. Right. But I mean, everybody <laughs> would say, no, 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 that was my childhood back in the fifties. Right. You know, I, I yeah. had the great one, you know, I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad like, I'm jealous of kids with all the the technology they have these days, but I'm glad they didn't have it because, man, if I had access to an iPad as a child, fucking shut it down, dude. There's there's no way I would have seen the outdoors. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it was hard enough to get us outdoors, you know, when the Nintendo Entertainment System came online. (laughs) You know, that was the first giant one after Atari. You know, like, Atari kept us in there, but it wasn't as cool. Not as, like, when Nintendo Nintendo came, it's like, oh, man, I'm sitting my ass in front of this the whole weekend. You know, change us up then. God help us if we had iPads right. and stuff. Me and Bo Jackson getting ready to fuck up the Giants. I tell you that. Yeah, tech Mobile, my ass. Tech Mobile, yes. <laughs> Diagonal running and just touchdown every time. Yeah, God, so I classic. loved it. I know, right? 
Makes you almost want to go on eBay and spend nine hundred dollars on a fucking Nintendo right now. Yeah, I don't think I can. Get, I can find many an emulator out there for free. Oh yeah, that's right. See, and all the games I need. I don't need cartridges around here. But again, man, there's just something about it. Like you know, just grabbing it. You got to make sure it's clean. You yeah, what blow blowing it, into the working. cartridge? Yeah. I mean, I love how that thing is like a thing where everybody does it, no matter what culture you're from, what background, whatever it is everybody did the same damn things you know you blew in it if it didn't work you hit it on the top or something you unplugged it in the back it's like you know unplugging the modem you know trying to get that shit yeah. to work it's crazy yeah, how, how things work like that oh <laughs> uh, yeah we got i mean we'll, we'll have to do a whole show on nintendo one day oh i think we definitely could i uh Maybe we get. Uh, do we already do Super Mario Brothers the movie? We did, right? <laughs> I've I've never sat in on a discussion of Super Mario Brothers, so okay. Because uh, maybe we could lump that in too. Because oh. Jesus, it's if you it makes Superman four look like a, a fucking an epic. Like <laughs> it is so beyond bad. Okay, here's a challenge. I think I think that we should kind of each go back and look for a video game. You get one choice to a video game. And then bring it up on the show. We'll decide how to talk. And I, I would I would encourage the listeners to kind of do this too. You've got suggestions of any video game you can think of, like any video game movie. Suggest that we'll we'll put that into account. Because oh, I don't know if I could sit through Super Mario Brothers. Oh, okay. Hmm. What about Street Fighter with Van Damme? Oh my God! I don't know. It's worse. It's no oh, Super Ooh. Mario Brothers is way worse than Van Damme Street Fighter. That's pretty bad. Without a doubt. I mean, dude, without a doubt. Van Damme, Raul Julia, who else is in that movie? Uh, Ming-Na Wen is in it. Uh, Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue is in that movie? Yeah. What the hell? Uh, Other than that, I'm I'm kind of blanking on uh, on everybody's Yeah, nobody's really worth it, right? Yeah, nobody really, you know. There'll be faces you will recognize, but... You know, it, it's that like, oh shit, William Zabwe from Cobra Kai is back and popular these days. There's nobody like that in there, you know. Ming-Na Wen is you know, the most famous person out she of the She plays Chun-Li? Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, I thought so. You know, there's a lot of video game movies out there now that I'm kind of just going through my, racking my brain right now and going through them. Like, I could name off a bunch of them. You know, Resident Evil, Mo- mm-hmm. or, uh, Mortal Kombat. Yep. Jesus, Rampage. What? Yep. Jesus. How many Doom. are out there? There's it, has there been a Zelda movie yet? I'm surprised there hasn't been. Not yet, but you know, there's the Sonic movies. Like yeah, Sonic, they, yep. they've done everything. Yeah. I guess that that one Adam Sandler movie they covered. They had Pac-Man in there and a bunch of other video games. Oh, that's like that. right. Yeah, can't do that. I I don't think I could watch another Adam Sandler movie. That new Mortal Kombat movie was, you know, it was it was good. <laughs> it was it was better than the ones in the '90s, right? <laughs> Okay, yes. By comparison, far better than ones in the '90s. Like it's a, it's a fun popcorn movie. Okay, yeah, I like, never got around. Today, to you're gonna put it. it on. Like you're gonna be able to smile because you're gonna see things from the video games you recognize, and it's like, oh, they're doing the thing they should have done in the first movie. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's got some fun to it. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get around to watching it. <laughs> it's just not one that's high on my list. If you're ever really bored one day and it's that or watching nothing, I mean, you know, you could just watch that. If if there is nothing else on, if like I couldn't even find robot jocks, then maybe then. I will well, you watch let it. me know. I'll give you my password. You can watch robot jocks whenever you want. Oh my god. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mortal Kombat does sound pretty good right now. I'm saying, right? Ooh. It's all about perspective. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pick your poison and yeah. choose wisely. 
Yeah. Well, I think we chose wisely for uh, for this show's movie with Alien Nation from 1988. Yes. Science Starring fiction James classic. James Conn and Mandy Patinkin. Science fiction buddy cop movie, kind of, right? It, it was. It, it's built in that vein. Like, uh, what, 87 had uh, Lethal Weapon, you know, stuff like that, which I think really started the buddy cop craze. So this is kind of just copying that with a little bit of sci-fi. Yeah. But this is much more interesting because I think that this movie seriously, I mean, was tackling issues, you know, had themes in it that were really relevant yeah. to then. And watching it again recently... It has a lot of themes that are very relevant today. Yeah, man. It's crazy how that is. In, in the opening of the movie, they, they established really quick that uh, an alien civilization contacted Earth a few years before the point in the movie where we are, and it was about them integrating in society, and they're interviewing the kind of people you would expect who would talk to a news station. Uh, you know, so says, I don't want to compete with these these alien kids. They're all smart. They, they yeah, take my they're job. taking our jobs. Yeah, 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 the South Park shit, yeah. <laughs> doing all that horrid thing and it's like jesus christ you, you, you know you put red hats on these assholes they sound just like the dumb fucks that are on tv today being interviewed very you know much I mean? so it's very yeah. xenophobic and stuff like that and yeah because it, it all it is i mean this is a a parable for immigration you know mm-hmm. and do you let people in this case a, a group of people like two hundred fifty thousand people that land in the desert of California, do you let yeah. them stay or do you keep them? Because when we pick up in this movie in 1991, so it came out in 88, but the movie it's, takes it's place three in 91. years after, like, the, 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 what do they call them? Uh, the, um, newcomers. The newcomers, yes. Yeah, the movie takes place three years after the newcomers landed. Yeah, and they are, basically, when they land, they are all put into quarantine for several years, and we're picking up on the movie where they've all been kind of, you know, released into Los Angeles to begin making a life you know, to begin to integrate. And yeah, so now you have this where, where we come to our main character, James Kahn plays a character called Matthew Sykes, who is a grizzled detective, you know, who's just, he, so surly. He does not like these new <laughs> ones. He's like, Oh, these kind, you know, these, I hate them. I don't want to be around them. Blah, blah, blah. So you can already tell where this story is going to go with him. He's obviously going to get paired up and they're going to be the regular odd couple, you know, yep. and they have to go out there and, once you know, we we know what his arc's going to be too. That he has to become accepting of other people and mm-hmm. realizing that yeah, I'm not correct. That these people are better than what I have made them out to be. Right. So. Does it very well. I mean, if if I have one flaw with this movie, though, I think it was screwed on the amount of money it was given to make this movie. Very very small budget of sixteen million dollars, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> I think, uh, and you could tell too, like they, they really maximized the budget in the areas they had to, and in the areas where they could kind of fudge some things, they did. I thought as far as the like the newcomers' makeup goes, the stuff like for the aliens, mm-hmm. like that's always an area in a lot of movies, even today, where you could things could go massively wrong very quickly, you know. And I think the way they approach the makeup in this movie is obviously done very cheap. It's just you know a head covering and you know some airbrush paint, but I thought it worked. But it was yes. effective. Yeah, I think yeah. that was very well done. I agree with you. They they made it look good yeah, because all you had to do is just yeah, you make them bald, you don't give mm-hmm. them any ears, and that's it. But yeah. every other feature is pretty much the same, uh, with yeah. the exception. Yeah, I mean they they did some uh, extra airbrush paint on some of the bodies of people where you could see their back and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, they didn't have to get complicated where they had to have like claws or you nah. know antenna or any other kind of crap you could come up with. You know, you just make mm-hmm. it real simple. Make them yeah. 
it's it's one of those things that you can you could see them being here with you because they almost look like you, you know. And the, the more we watch the movie, you learn that you know these people aren't much different than us. They have families, you know. They they have jobs. It's just that they were bred for a very specific reason. We we learned in this movie that these aliens escaped from people who had Labor enslaved camps, them essentially. Yeah. And that's how they were created. Yeah, so they were yeah, the they were genetically force. bred to be hard workers, extremely intelligent, mm-hmm. you know, strong, all that stuff. So now they're coming to Earth and of course, yeah, they say that like kids are their kids are like graduating college at like 10 years old, so they're mm-hmm. having to compete for jobs, which I get. I mean, that's always a fear you'd have, but you know, that's life, you know, too. Competition yeah. sucks, but it it the cream rises to the top usually in that stuff. So Whatever your politics are on that, you know, I'm not going to make this a political discussion, but it does a great job of raising those themes and making you think, well, do I really need to be thinking this way? Is that the problem or is the problem with me? You know, that's what this movie does really well. At least and it's I'll, not too heavy handed about it either. No. Like a lot of movies, you know, like the happy fee of it all, they really like to hammer in the, the point and, you know, get the message across and beat you with it. But this one, you know, yeah, I think it was done pretty well. And I think it helped too having... The, the cop partner that uh, should we get into the plot of the movie? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Let's explain what what the rest of the story right. for people who haven't seen this movie. Yeah. So uh, Sykes is going through his whole diatribe talking to his partner, and they are working the the newcomer part of L.A. They're in L.A., right? Is that where they're yeah, supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, they call it Slagtown yeah. is where they're at. Yeah. The, of course, you know you have to throw it that's the that's in the right pejorative now. term that they give the newcomers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're on patrol and they come across a, a crime and in the midst of the crime. Uh, Sykes' partner is killed by a newcomer who's, you know, robbing a, a gas station or a liquor store. I forget what the hell the exact yeah. liquor store. Thank you. Yeah, and then, uh, and then his Sykes is kind of not saved, but sort of saved by a newcomer in a police uniform, who then later becomes his partner, uh, Sam Francisco, played by Mandy uh, Mandy Patinkin in this movie. Yeah, right off of uh, Princess Bride. Like yeah. off the success of that and right into this movie. Interesting, interesting little fun note too, because his name is San Francisco, and we learned that like people are given like all these weird names, you know, because they're just like yeah. going through a process processing line. But apparently, San Francisco was not the original name in the script. Did Did you read about this? No. Oh, so actually, because it, it'll make more sense now that you've seen the movie. Actually, his name in the script and in the shooting, they they just actually dubbed over. Uh, Patenkin's uh, voice when he was uh, when they when the uh, stuff's coming up there, but his original uh-huh. name is George Jetson. <laughs> so, is that why is that why James Conn just calls him George? That's in this why movie? he calls him George. It makes more sense. I don't know why. I could not find a good explanation. So as fucking stupid. Why oh, they wanted to change that? It makes no sense to me. It seems more funny with George Jetson because yeah. I mean, then like now you can go back to that whole scene where he's like, "Hold on, hold on." Because he's like, Sam Francisco? He's like, no, 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 right. I'm not interested in you. It makes more sense when he says George Jetson. Oh, hell no. Hell yeah. no. I'm just going to call you George and that's it. I'll just call you George. Yeah, yeah I'm not it calling just, you Jetson. It's, it's weird. I, I couldn't find a good explanation, but it's just a little interesting piece of trivia. Yeah, so the, the newcomer part introduced himself as Sam Francisco. And like, yeah, he's uh, like his kid is named after Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon, there's, Nixon a, that's right. there's a Rudyard Kipling in the movie. Like they, you know, they they take their names from I guess what they thought was popular culture, fucking in '88. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so as it turns out, uh, you know, James Conn accepts this new partner because he sees it as a way to take on the case 
to investigate the murder of his former partner. Yeah, that's where and it he starts. Thinks, yeah, yeah, that's it, all you, it, it, that's it's, in the newcomer, it's in the newcomer community, so he figures he can use his newcomer partner to get in and, you know, actually open some doors that he can't get otherwise. Open otherwise, things like that. But in doing this, this opens up a larger conspiracy and that, that you know, James Caan and Mandy Patinkin's character, they become embroiled in this whole world of drugs and all this other stuff which is just crazy so right yeah because part of the newcomers part of the aliens to come here there's there's a a sect that as soon as as they land they start conspiring to start uh, creating a a super drug basically that all these newcomers were were rewarded with from their their previous uh you know in, in enslavement yes yeah as a as you know a job well done they would give them this drug as uh entertainment as you know you know, yeah, that's that's the basically. only form of pleasure they were ever given as Thank slaves. Thank you. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, that, yeah, the only form of pleasure they have is this drug. So they're recreating it. And uh, it's this whole thing where the drug, they're trying to keep the whole drug thing a secret from humans, right? Like Correct. that's that, that's the, the subplot of this is that Manny Patinkin, like as he's figuring out the crime, he's investigating the murder as well, but he's also uncovering the facts that, you know, there's a drug ring coming up and he's trying to keep it quiet, right? And he's, he, yeah, he wants to keep it quiet because this drug has a horrible side effect for the newcomers because if uh-huh. they OD on it or take a, an excessive amount, it tur- basically turns them into a kind of a monster, like just right. a complete hulk with rage. Yeah, and just, yeah. And the more they take, the more monstrous they would become. And that's the side that they don't want the humans to ever learn about. Because it, it, it makes sense because they would say, yeah, what's the first thing you're going to do if you learn that about us? You are going right. to send us away. You are going to yep. be afraid of us, blah, 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 all that stuff. So so Manny Patinkin, he is, you know, he has the proper moral compass on this. Like he understands there's real ramifications if this thing gets out. Yeah, for sure. And then what? So then we're pretty much like that. That's basically the entire movie, though, right? Is like as as, as they're discovering all this stuff, like you know, uh, James Con and Mandy Patinkin, their characters grow, grow closer and closer. They have a couple of uh, bonding moments where they're they're drinking and you know telling jokes, things like that. So you see how they're coming around to one another, and like really, like the movie's pretty simple. It is like even on his face about it. It's a it's a felt ninety one minutes. I mean, there's not a lot to this. Yeah, it was quick because it is essentially yeah. Some bad guys show up. They want to create a problem. The good guys have to overcome their differences. To actually solve the problem because you know we we see what James Conn's arc is. He has to get over his prejudice. He cannot do that. Manny Patank in the same time he has to learn to trust the humans like. Because right. the first half of this movie, he doesn't want to let anybody in. He's not going to let his partner in on this. He just like, kind of keeping this drug a secret and doing his own thing and just trying to be the good guy. But he learns, like, I can't do this because I can't do it alone. So his arc is he's got to finish that out. Right. What is- so he ends up telling James Conn, like, about the drug and the effect it has yes. on his people and all that. And then they go to have the big confrontation with the big bad of the movie. Terrence and- Stamp, by the way, of Superman yeah, 2, right? you know, the... You know, Clone Wars like always always plays a good a good imposing either bad guy or somebody who's just with so full of authority. I love. He's Terrence got a good Stamp. voice. Like even underneath all the all the makeup and all that, you could hear like oh shit, you could hear the gravitas. Yeah, like like when you hear that voice, you know that's Terrence Stamp. It's great. <laughs> right, yeah, there's no mistaking that yep. anywhere. Love yeah. it. Yeah. 
Come son of Jarrell. It's like, oh shit, this is gonna get real in here. Kneel <laughs> before me. Yeah. So during the final confrontation, uh, I forget how San Francisco is taken out of the chase, but he's taken out. So James Con, his character ends up uh, cornering the big bad in a in a tunnel, and the big bad just cracks a, a big old canister of this teenage mutant ninja style ooze and ODs on this drug, and James Con thinks that's the end of it. Yep. So then, like, that's when they then figure out, like, about the whole OD thing. That's when that comes out about the end in the, in the very last couple of minutes. Yep. That's that's where yeah. you learn that whole thing. And, yeah, and then right. all of a sudden, yeah, because he's being carted off. They're taking him to the morgue and stuff. And they're like, oh, we got to go chase down this uh, this morgue van, you know, whatever. And they realize that this creature has just killed everybody inside that van and gotten away. Right. So now, you know, yeah, Sykes is walking around with his giant fifty caliber <laughs> like gun that he gets after his first encounter with one of these guys. It's basically a cannon, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he runs into a guy earlier in the movie who's also hopped up on the same drug. But as in the final confrontation, you know, in the final chase, they end up on a boat and they're having this big fight. And as you said earlier, the budget on this film was pretty tight. Yeah, tight. One, it was not existent in this movie. <laughs> one of the most effective parts about this movie could, could be one of the dumbest too, depending on how you look at it, is that in Sykes and Francisco's investigation, they have to go to the beach to identify uh, or you know, try to identify a, a newcomer. Um, as it turns out, the newcomers, their physiology is set up so that they are oceans, are saltwater oceans, which is most of our planet. Yes. Why would they even come here? Is is like acid, to, like battery acid to them. Like it just completely melts them, dissolves them, like does all sorts of horrible things. And, you know, this is this is where they decide to call home. Well, yeah, but they have it to was, set it up uh, early, right? Yeah. Like they set it up earlier, where uh, J- uh, Terrence Stamp's character—they they drag a newcomer out of there, and you know, a bunch of goons drag him into the water, and it, it's literally just a guy screaming in like four feet of ocean water and splashing around. But it's dark; it's really effective, all because of the way the actor who in this scene sold it. He sounded like he was actually being just decimated by this ocean water and just melted and man he really sold it like shit but he literally was just having a nice little swim yeah like, i thought it was so well done i will, was like that's so cheap you know what i mean what a great idea that yeah, was. yeah i will give you i'll give credit to the director his name is graham baker i really don't know this guy i looked at his like other stuff he's done i don't know a whole lot of anything he's done um uh, but i will give him credit yeah he did make the best of what he had here he um, did. I think that's a perfect example you brought up. Like you said, the makeup, like he was able to make that work and make it look real enough to yeah. to sell that. Yeah, these are creatures from another planet. Um, yeah, I, I can't totally complain. Like I, my my complaint or at least my disappointment is, is I wish I could have seen what this movie could have been with a real budget behind it. I think this could have been ten times better than what it actually is now. Yeah. Just with more money behind it. Because I've heard people talking like they want to go back and redo this movie again. I, like that's been rumors. Because this, this movie like spawned a TV series, some some TV films. Uh, they had like a comic book series that came out. There was books. All sorts of stuff. So people are interested in this story. Or at least they were back in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would like to see what this could be done remade. It would be really interesting. Which is strange because it only on a sixteen million dollar budget, like it feels weird saying it only made thirty million, but it, you know it only made thirty two million dollars, so like it, it it made some money, but not not a ton. Like there had to be bigger franchises they could have tried to do something with. Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't that's... know. Maybe maybe part of it was too, like they, because they knew they could do it so cheap, 
So why not keep hammering it out? Well, I mean, there are, there are people out there with a philosophy like that and says, well, you know, we for whatever reason, we got to cut the budget on this. We want, we got more money to go send someplace else. <laughs> so, yeah, right. here's what you're left with and, and work with it. You know, it's that whole plate of shit. Just do something with yeah. it. But, you know, a good director, a good editor, you know, anybody, you know, good crew can stretch that dollar. And, you know, it, it looks like they did that because, like I said, this is not a film that you're going back and you're watching is like, oh man, the story is just so tight and, you know, the acting is just so amazing. You're not doing it. No, this is more of a cult classic film. But it, it like, because of it, it has some just like a special place in your heart because you're just like, yeah, I enjoy this. I enjoy the themes that it's running with because I can relate to it. I could relate to it then, even when I was a preteen and now much more into my voting age, you know, my, yeah. I'm becoming more of a curmudgeon. I can certainly relate to everything that's, that's being said here. So, you know, it, it's just, it's a good little gem. I'm, I'm not saying it's a work of art, but it's a good gem. If you haven't seen it, I would, I would recommend that you watch it. It's, it's a fun watch. It's worth the 90 minutes for sure. Yeah. It's, if you like action film, I mean, shit, if you are sitting here listening to our show, you obviously like <laughs> some real not great movies, I would say. I'm not saying terrible movies because we watch some good ones and we watch some real bad ones. But you like hearing us talk about some weird stuff. This would be right up your alley. If, if, if I could make a recommendation to anybody, I would say watch this because this is something that both you and I have enjoyed like we enjoyed it when we were young when we saw it i don't know wait, when was the first time you saw it you saw this back then too right uh probably a, within a year or two after it first came okay. out i think that's probably okay yeah. and then you know like me like you just gone back and finally watched it again yeah but uh, correct me if i'm wrong but I, I believe that your thoughts are that this thing holds up right from what, what you, oh, when for you sure. were watching a kid yeah yeah this isn't yeah. like going back and watching dare I say some of the uh, later Rambo films when you watched as a kid and you just you thought they were so cool back then but now you go back and watch them today and you're just like this is kind of dumb why am I watching yeah. this yeah this one's not like this I, I enjoyed it for what it is mm-hmm. yeah like it, it, it presented to me again I would definitely watch it it's not one I would turn away turn away from or anything yeah it's not even the worst movie we watched this year. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I would like, say it's not you know, the worst movie we watched really the last two weeks. <laughs> Probably, yeah, not even this week alone, considering some of the other shit I watched. But yeah, no, it was it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, James Caan. I, 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 I've, I've always been a fan of James Caan. Um, like I said, I, I love The Godfather. He, he plays, you know, a fairly decent role in that thing, and then... You know, I, I love Misery. I think that's one. That's probably his greatest film they ever did. But he's done some other shit too, like Eraser. And he he would always he's always that actor who just kind of show up and stuff randomly if you need like a bad guy, or you know the the smart older guy. You know, you just like right. he would always just kind of randomly show up in those things. You'd be like, oh, it's a kind of a pleasant surprise to see James Caan. So yeah. yeah, I've I've always liked him, and yeah, I'm I'm gonna miss him. Yeah. Well, it, now generationally, people you know outside of the Godfather, like around Christmas time every year, because the Elf. Oh, that's He's right. Immortalized because too. of that yes. movie. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely Forever. spaced that one. Wow. Yeah. 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 See, like I said, he's he's kind of a. I don't want to call him much of a chameleon because like, but he but he's just that he can play a set. He's a good of utility characters. infielder. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Put him in anywhere. He will, and he'll he'll, he'll fill in a good spot for you, and he'll do it <laughs> right. well. He'll, the he'll sports reference on this podcast, man. Look at that. Good lord, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who'd have thought, right? <laughs> right, no shit. Jesus, we're covering everything. Thanks, Alien Nation. <laughs> Thank you, James Con. <laughs> right, yeah, no kidding. 
Oh, man. Well, the next thing we watch, like, you know, I know there are some canon movies we... Oof, like we <laughs> that are available to watch, but we have discussed also uh, RoboCop, and in particular, like I do have some questions for you. Like there are two different versions of RoboCop, right? There's a a non-director's cut and there's a director's cut. Like is hmm. is there really that much of a difference in between the two? Do you know what the differences are? What I know is that the director's cut just has a lot more gore. It spends a lot more time watching all of the. You know, squibs blowing up and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. So, so it, it doesn't really add too many more scenes. It just makes them more violent. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And that's okay. what you'd want out of a Verhoeven film. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I will never say no to a Verhoeven film. You know, minus Showgirls probably because I just I don't think I'll ever go back. Ever oh my watch fuck! That again. Did he do that too? Yes, he did that one. That's that's Damn. one the one movie that most people say what he did that just like you did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did that movie and it's. Yeah, I, if I dare say he's done anything bad, that would be the one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Jesus, I've only ever seen part of that one too. I don't think I need to go back. And no, you one. don't need to. Like, I, I'm probably only watched part of it. And it's one of those movies you start after few minutes, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, that it all came out like when I was just a very young guy, you know, fresh. You were their from, demographic right there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. exactly what I was for any of his movies. Really, I mean, it's all you want to see. There's either <laughs> yeah, you know. True. Tits, sex, and blood and violence. Yeah. You know, that's that's what Verhoeven does. When he does that just in a you know, very sarcastic, self referential way. I mean it's just right. I, I, he's very fun to watch. But yeah, that movie I will never go back to watch Showgirls, not Robocop, Showgirls. Yeah. Maybe we should do Robocop then. We could also do uh do Masters of the Universe. That one's still staring us down. <laughs> God help us, right? I know because we're gonna we're I still know. gonna we'll keep we'll keep plugging away at these uh, canon films as we go, um, and continue to torture ourselves for some reason I don't know why but <laughs> it's fun to listen to I'm sure. Yeah, well we're only a few weeks away. Uh, I know you didn't make it to the theaters to see Thor: Love and Thunder, but that one will be on Disney Plus here in a couple of weeks, and you know we're we're coming into you know TV's coming back, and right now we're in summertime and more movies this is and that and everything but the really important thing i think we should move to now is better call Saul came back oh my goodness and i know from where season 6a is what they're calling it <laughs> from where that one ended uh, the very last thing we saw was lalo and saul and kim all together after lalo had just killed uh howard yep. that was the very last thing we saw it was a hell of so a cliffhanger come, yeah no shit so coming into part two we didn't really know what to expect as far as like, would there be a time jump already? Would they pick up right where, you know, the season or the, the, the mid season finale ended. And, you know, we got that answered right off the gate. It's it, the first episode picks up right like seconds after, uh, that episode ended. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like, like you could put those episodes back to back and just say, and just keep watching them. It would roll just that smoothly. And, I, I think Vince Gilligan said too, like he didn't want the season split up. Like that was the network's choice. So like that is how the story is supposed to flow. Like just right into one another like that instead of having like an eight week gap or whatever the fuck it was. Boy, I, mean, I can tell you what, man. If the if these guys are anything, and they are a lot of things, a lot of good things, but they are efficient with this storytelling. I can tell you that mm-hmm. because. What'd you think about the, the about the very first episode back point and shoot? Like that's the one that you know that aired last week 
Episode eight, you're talking about. Episode eight, yeah, point yes. and shoot. Yes. So that one, yeah, because that one moves us, like, like you were saying, right from Howard's death, right mm-hmm. into, okay, now we're going into Lalo's plan, you know? Right. It Which is endgame, really. Really I mean. early, because there's still, it, when this episode aired, there were still six episodes left. Yes. So, I, you know, we always figured Lalo would be the big bad for the whole season. Yes. Maybe, if anything, two to three more episodes. Like, at least we would get maybe through even that. live through the whole the whole fucking thing, right? Yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah. If you if you haven't watched it, turn the show off because we are going to spoil the shit out of these two yeah. episodes for you. So, dude, and come back and listen to us after you've watched it. Mm-hmm. So that said, yes, I'm gonna we'll just jump right to the end here. Yeah, Lalo gets it at the end of it. They wrap up the Lalo storyline in this first episode of the second half of the season, which I right. I mean, just blindsided me like they were going to do that. Yeah, I had no idea, because the episode starts off with Lalo wanting to send Saul to go kill Gus, which was like a holy shit moment. And then instantly, Saul's like, send send her, send Kim. And I was like, oh my god, that's a hell of a twist. Like, it just, it kept amping up the tension. So finally, Kim finally goes to Gus's house, where she's stopped by Mike, basically, and she just admits to everything. Yeah, I mean, wisely, she should. Right. But they don't do they don't do anything. They don't harm her in any way. She was actually there to kill Gus. They murder people for less. They leave her completely alone. Yeah, but that I think that's because Mike knows her. He's made contact with her already, so he knows that oh. if, if she's there, it's there for a reason, or, or they're going to find out why she's there. It would make so. Is he already shifted to be more protective of the people? Like after Nacho, basically, like yeah. You know, I mean, Mike like has always been Bad. that character. He's not mm. a. You know, he's never taken the Vader turn, right? He's never said, I'm just going to go all evil. He's like, yeah. I'm going to do bad things that I'm required to do to further my <laughs> goals, right? But right, I'm not yeah. going to go out of my way to be bad. Like like Tyrus and uh, the other guy, I can't remember the other guy's name, but like every yeah, other I'm one of too. Gus's henchmen or anybody that's really in the solid mocker crew, like they're just bad people. They just, they have yeah. no real moral compass. They, they don't really care. They're just there. It's like... I'm a robot. I told they told me to do this, so I'm going to do it. Where you see Mike, even Mike in, I mean, throughout this entire series, like whether it was like when he had to kill Werner, uh, the other people, the only people he didn't really hesitate to do was kill was the cops that killed his son. But everybody else, like he has a conscience about what he's doing. He always tried to look out for Nacho and tried to get him out of harm's way. He did what he could for Saul to help him out when he needed it, and. He would do everything he could uh, to help out somebody, and then killing was the last last bit. So it shows in this too that like yeah, he didn't want to do that, and he he has to keep some of his humanity. I guess I think that's a good way of saying it. You know, yeah. he's, he's keeping himself grounded. He's not just a stone cold killer, not a henchman. He's he's smart, and that's that's why he's the number two guy, and that you know that's why Gus trusts him so much because he understands this guy is the soldier that I really need, you know, to right, guide yeah. everybody else. Everybody else will pull a trigger on my command. Mike's the yeah. only one that'll question me. It's when I say, pull the trigger, he'll say, why? And, right. you know, and that's, and you need that sometimes a good leader understands they need somebody that will counsel them and guide them in their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that whole first episode was that like Kim showed up, they followed her plan and then instantly they all take out like all the, yeah, they, the they know what the ruse is now. They understand yeah. something's happening. So they're going to go find Lalo. And Gus is just, he's 
like Sherlock Holmesian, just intelligently. Like he figures right away, like oh, I gotta go to the laundry. And this was the fucking... one thing I couldn't buy in this episode. <laughs> okay, thank you. It was a yeah. little too quick because basically the phone. What happens is the phone call comes in, and mm-hmm. they say. Mike's explaining to Gus. He's like, "Yeah, apparently she she uh, uh, Saul talked Lalo into sending her instead," and he's like, "He got Lalo to change his mind." And right from there, like he just switches and says, "Oh, there's a bigger plan at work here. He's going to the laundry. We got to go get there." Uh, it was. It's like that might be of all the lazy writing I've seen in this series, and I haven't seen hardly any of it. This was one place where I think they just said, we got to figure out a way to get him there, and this is the best we can come up with. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you see it the same way, too, because I, I just, that yeah. was the only complaint I've had about that episode was just like, I, I had to kind of go back and watch it again just to understand. I was like, that's it? That's the only thing that tipped him off was like, he believes that Lalo's just so smart that he couldn't, that he would just do, he wouldn't really care who he sent. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or how did he even know how to plant the gun all the way down there, like, you know, four episodes? That's the other thing. And they really, I don't think they're ever going to explain that, why he did that. But he was just like, well, got to be prepared, I guess. Yeah. Better hide a gun here. Hopefully nobody drives this bulldozer. Yeah, again, yeah, because it'll either, yeah, fuck up the machine or destroy the gun. One or the the other, you know, or both. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. (sighs) Yeah, but I I go with it. Yeah, so they're down in you know, what would become Heisenberg's lab and, you know, they have the big showdown and Gus wins. He, he kills Lalo and gets the best. They end up burying burying Lalo and Howard together underneath the lab, which damn dude, that makes a lot of breaking bad. Super dark. Right. Like not that it wasn't before, but it makes it way worse. Yes. But now are you going to able to watch another episode of breaking bad where they're in the lab and not be thinking that just, you know, three feet below, Mm-hmm. Howard is down there. Poor Howard. You know, two Jesus. characters. I mean, there's two characters buried together that are still opposite side of the end. Like Howard is, he was really the epitome of, you know, he was kind of a douchebag, you know, but, but most yeah. of that, we, as we find out, that's because Chuck was having him do certain stuff. You know, Howard mm-hmm. was the guy who was always just trying to do the right thing, be a better lawyer, serve his clients, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he's sitting there and he's buried with like the most horrible... Evil. Evil, Evil, you know, a person without no conscience who did everything for for money and stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, then that's what it is. His life now, he's spending eternity buried next to that guy. It's just, it's a a strange ending to him that, you know, you feel bad for him too because as we'll we'll see, like the the bashing of Howard's name never really ends in this series now. Uh, You know, everything that, that Saul... Everybody, you know, they, they tried to set it up in the first half of, of this season. They wanted to make it look like Howard is a drug addict. He's got mm-hmm. these problems. He uses hookers. He does all this other stuff. He's just got yep. addiction after addiction. And now in his death, to make everything kosher with everybody, the police and everything, they've got to keep that story up. They've got to keep selling well, it. You know, The lie becomes the truth. Yeah, because, Howard... Yeah, be- because they wanted to take him down a peg or two, and they ended up crafting. They actually crafted his demise. Yes, because at the end yeah. of the, if you remember, at the end of season, the first half of season six, they they were telling him, "Look, Howard, you are strong. You will bounce back from this, like you always yeah. do." That was their intention from the very beginning. We will hurt him. We're going to hit him really hard, but in the end, he will be able to come back from this. And that's where the problems are all are going to start. Right there is once they see him shot. Especially for Kim, she realizes 
we've gone too far on this one now. We've actually taken somebody and caused their death. Not directly. Indirectly, though, if they hadn't have fucked with him, he would have never shown up at that apartment and never gotten killed by Lalo. Yeah, it's true. It's 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 sad. And we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the next episode because it really comes to a head there. Yeah, they covered a lot of ground in point and shoot. I mean, they really like they they took out that whole season's big bad for me because I had are, no idea. It's like who else is going to be the villain for this? How are they going to keep people around for the six episodes of this? Well, yeah, and that's that's what I'm learning now. Is like I don't think we're going to get a lot more of episodes. I think we're going to get more modern Breaking Bad timelines and get and uh, uh, more gene uh, gene scenes. Story. Thank you, thank you. I was blanking there. Yeah, gene scenes. I think that they are efficiently wrapping up every storyline because they have now wrapped up Nacho's storyline. They have wrapped up Lalo's. And as, we get, as we're going to see in season uh, the next episode, they've wrapped up Kim's story too. Yeah, so. okay. Let's just go on. Let's just go ahead and move on to the next episode. Like after so much happened in Point and Shoot, like they took out the series big bad basically, like <laughs> the big bad of the entire show. Uh, the next episode, Fun and Games was a regular runtime, regular episode and all that. And I got to say, not one fucking thing happened that entire episode, man. What it felt like an entire waste. You think that I I don't. I yes. disagree. I, I I thought the the important things they could have covered like the Howard bashing, they could have covered like they could have throw in like a couple of minutes of the funeral scene in another episode. Like this whole episode was basically just nothing. Oh no, it was no, no, the, no. It, it was just extended versions of them cleaning up after Howard was gone. I just, I did not like this. There episode. is a I lot of that. A big um, waste. There, I think, I think the scene with, uh, Gus and the sommelier with the wine and stuff like that. I'm, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the, the underlying message is there. Um, whether it's just Gus trying to get back to a normal life or whatever it is. Um, because because that that is really the theme of this second episode is how do we get back to normal at this point? We've gone right. through all this stuff. How do we get through? So so we see Gus. Gus has gone through a pretty traumatic incident. Like he had to blow somebody away. It was his life or his or, or theirs. Um, the same and th- and even bigger right here is Jimmy and Kim. And, like, Jimmy has already kind of been through some tough stuff. Like, we saw him in Season 5 where he had to walk through the desert. He's done yeah, everything. He's, he's already gone through a lot of stuff. So he's much more, in a way, used to this. You know, so he's already mm-hmm. he kind of knows how to deal with it in some way. Kim doesn't. This is the episode where it has to be repeatedly thrown in Kim's faces that this is not going to go away. They have to go to Howard's funeral and it's going to get thrown in their face by everybody around them. Either one, Hey, we know what you were doing. Uh, number two, uh, we all believe that Howard was a drug drug addict and it's eating away at Kim. Like every scene, Rhea Seahorn yeah. does a great job in this series, especially this season of selling the anguish that she has, whether it was her saying no, no, no to Jimmy when Jimmy was saying, Hey, send her, send her. And she was like, no, shut up. No, don't like, you could see the panic there. And in this episode, she was just selling it to me that like every story, like she has to continuously now make up lies to keep this front up now. And it's finally gotten to her as we will learn. Now she is going to give up being a lawyer and ultimately she is going to break it off with Jimmy. It, Oh, this was a heart wrenching scene at the end of this, at this episode. I couldn't stand it. Oof. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah. I mean, that, that scene was good, all that. And then after this scene, like, there's a bit of a time jump to where we catch forward with, you know, J- Jimmy is gone. This is fully Saul. He's in the, the big house with the, the pillars. He has the, the lawyer up car. Yeah, like, the best I shit. can tell is they've jumped forward two years, I think, to 2005 in the yeah, episode. It, 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 well, it, well, when did Howard die? So Howard died in 2003. So the so Saul takes place from 2000. Uh, is it 2001 to 2003? I think that's the time frame. And right. then, yeah, and then Breaking Bad starts 2008 to 2013. So there's yeah, there's a five year gap between when Breaking Bad starts and Better Call Saul is supposed to end, at least right. in the regular Better Call Saul timeline. So and just just on little clues like because uh, they show his license plate and it says like uh, expires November of '05, and his uh, uh, handicap parking spot that he uses uh, has an expiration date of '08, and those things, if you look on it, like those expire in like three years. Okay. So okay, yeah. So yeah. So he and Kim. So he he and Kim have already been broken up for like a year, basically. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for more more than a year, just over a year, I would say. Okay. All right. And that huh. it made it, but it's just so wrenching. Yeah, like their their breakup was hard and all that, but I really felt like not. It just felt like they really sucked all the tension out of the show, which felt weird, considering we know there's only four episodes left, and they had they have to build to a hell of a crescendo to even, like, not that it's going to be compared to the finale of Breaking Bad, but then again, it's not not going to be compared to the motherfucker either. Like they oh, have to go out big. Yeah, on it's going like, to be pa- compared. The expectations are mammoth, so it just felt like. It, it felt like a fucking Game of Thrones level kind of like just fart of an episode you like think? late in the run. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, really I think did. it was much better done than that. I mean, because that was with what they had to work with and the time frame that they had to work with. They had all the time in the world to put this together. I think they did this episode well. They had you yeah. have to wrap up Kim's storyline and it's going it, to like everybody's predicted. It's going to end two ways. Like, yeah, she's going to leave and just disappear, which I think that's what we're getting. She was going to die. Um or she was going to go to jail. Do you think we, we don't like we're done seeing her? No. Is that it? No, I no. think she shows up in the gene timeline. I still Ooh. think that there's a connection. I still think that um, they've set it up where I, I I still go with the fan theory that she is associated with uh, Ice Station Zebra, the shell company that he has set up where uh, uh-huh. money gets sent to. I think she's a part of that, um, and I think she will help Gene get out of his one final mess, whether it's got to be get away from the guy, kill the, kill the taxi driver, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, I, I, I like old school kind of endings where I would just like to see them just be able to go off in the sunset and just go off and do whatever they want to do. Right. Um, yeah. I know that T modern TV likes to make it a little more dramatic and say, well, we'll have both die or one die, whatever it might be. Right. But I, yes, I don't think we're done with Kim yet. I think we will see her at least one more time. Okay, so we're in 2005, and Saul first met Walter White in 2008? Uh, yes, approximately. Yeah. So with four episodes season, left, we still Season two to... of Better Call Saul, so really 2009. Okay, so we still have to do, with four episodes left, they still have to do a couple of year time jump in order to include Jesse and Walt in this. That's the key, is where are you going to see Jesse and Walt show up here? Because... What do you think? What, what's your hopes? So there's different, Best... there's different ways you could do it. 
I, I've, I've read different theories and some people would say, okay, yeah, they can jump even farther into the timeline now because we're clearly now into oh. the Saul timeline, right? Where you could probably get okay. to that point. Or you could have them theoretically show up in the Gene timeline because Gene timeline could be taking place before Walter dies and comes back to New How- Mexico. How how soon did uh, what what's the last episode of Breaking Bad we see Saul at? It was uh, like two before the end, I think. When he goes, oh no shit, he, he wasn't in. Oh, he wasn't even the last two, was he? He yeah yeah, but the, yeah, he was in. He was in oh. the last like I I don't remember how many episodes there were in there. It was if there was ten episodes or thirteen, whatever it was. He right, was in, but he and Walt just had that last talk in the basement. In the basement, yeah, because they were know. both being sent away. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, so we don't. So Gene could be when when Walt's basically coming back into town it, to to save. And it Jesse. could be. It's a stretch because mm. if you look at Gene, Gene does look more a little worse for the wear now. He looks more aged. So yeah. I, okay. But I, I, it's a possibility that's out there. I don't know if I buy it and saying that that's what they're gonna do. But it's a possibility if you wanted to have that set up where. You know, maybe Walter's driving back from New Hampshire to New Mexico and saying, hey, I knew you were here. I need your help for one last thing, uh, whatever it is. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch, but it's a possibility. What do you, what's your hope? I, I'm more I'm leaning toward and I think I would hope for is that they're just going to jump forward in the timeline and we're going to see something else involving them. I, I don't know what else you have to tell in the Breaking Bad world, though, that hasn't already been right. told. So yeah. it. I'm I'm as curious just like everybody else of when they're going to show up and how they're going to show up. They're not. Is it just? It, I mean, okay. They've never. They have really done too much like this. Is this just a fan service cameo, basically? From what from what the, they've said, Cranston um, and them have said is like no, they were. I mean, they were flown in for a specific reason and they shot a bunch of stuff. So I can't see huh. that it's just going to be a hey, there's uh, Walt and Jesse walking in the background. You know, I just right. I can't see them doing that. Or hey, they're sitting in the sitting in the the Denny's right having breakfast. I just I I, I can't see them wanting to bring them back for that. I, that would be very disappointing if it was it. Yeah, you'd be very disappointed. I would be pissed actually if that's what I waited. <laughs> that for. would do it for you. Yeah, I, I would. because yeah. there's not a whole lot that I can ever criticize these two series you know four i mean it there's a reason why that this uh, tv series saul and better call saul or and breaking bad are ranked so highly in television series you know they're like these are the must watch ones because they're just so well written well told well acted it's a lot of fun are there any other stories left to tell in this universe cuz i think th- they've been talking about like they're trying to find the next the next way the next to spin-off? get another oh. the next spinoff show, yeah. Is, is is there anything left they could possibly do, or are they? Is that it? I don't think there's anything left to tell. I mean, there's nothing left for Mike, right? What are you gonna do? Go back to Philadelphia and see him as a cop and watch the his, young his, Mike? Yeah. But, th- but then you have to cast someone, you know, in their thirties that maybe looks like Mike Armitage. Yeah, and I don't. I don't, I don't want that. that I mean, yeah, at all. So I mean, we know. I mean, the only thing you don't have fully, and I, I, I still wonder if they're going to flesh it out, is what is Gus's backstory? Like, all you've heard throughout Breaking Bad and a little bit oh. through Better Call Saul is just tidbits of what he was in Chile. Right. But you never, ever get it. So I don't know if they're just going to leave that a mystery and let people just speculate forever what it was, or are they actually going to tell us what his backstory was? Like, him and Max, 
way back in the day. You could kind of tell that story, but I don't think there's a whole lot to that story. You could tell that in a uh, El Camino kind of movie if you wanted to do that. Right. But then again, like, you know, you'd have to have someone playing a younger version yes. of Giancarlo Esposito. And that's, those are some big act that you just to step into. It is, like that, yeah. Man. Yeah, because he, <laughs> God, if anybody, man, that guy, for as nice as a guy is, I know that guy's got listened to him speak and, you know, interact with people. Man, he comes off as menacing in this thing when he's just doing that stare. You know, he's yeah. just like you, you look behind it like Don Eladio in this one. You know, he makes a comment. He says, you know, Gustavo, I've looked into your eyes and I see hate, you know. But, you know, when I'm looking as the fan and the, the viewer, I'm looking into his eyes and I don't see anything, man. Like I see just blank blackness, no soul, no nothing. And I'm just like, that's scary. It's like Kathy, it's like Kathy Bates and Misery. Yes. She got that look on her face. It's like, oh shit. Or Vincent D'Onofrio in fucking Full Metal Jacket. Like, there's some people who can just pull that look where it's like, yeah. Damn, like you just know, you're like, you, you, if you run into somebody like that, you just walk away. It's back, right. back out yeah. the way you came and just never come back. Yeah. Love your chicken. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,. So that was we got four episodes of this show left. I mean, it's yeah. So where hmm. where are we going with this show? I mean, do you yeah. think the rest of it's going to be just Gene episodes, or what, what do you think the balance is? New Breaking Bad. Where, what's your thoughts? I think we get at least one full Gene episode. Like, a, as far as like they have to do one episode of the 2005 timeline, like to where the Saul we just saw, like you know, they have to give us something to catch up with, like you know. Maybe they'll just be pouring concrete in the lab or some shit. Like, they have to step us along a bit in the Breaking Bad universe itself. Yeah. But as far as the episodes that are remaining, I have no clue. Like, who... How are they going to keep you around? Like, it, it, it has to be all Gene in order to keep the story new. Because we all know what happens. Like, there's no new ground they can break, like you said, in between what happened with Kim leaving and the start of Breaking Bad. Like, there's nothing new they could possibly do. Yeah, I don't need, Yeah, I don't know what else they could do with Saul at this point. Like, yeah. we've seen so him. It has to we be know all, what he becomes, be right? Shit. Yeah. And we've, we've seen, I mean, that the jump forward in this last episode is to show you where his life has landed now. He is living a very right. vapid, empty life now where he's just surrounding himself by material goods. His sandpiper money obviously came in, so he bought a nice house. Um, you know, he's, he's sleeping with hookers, you know, he's just, you know, he really has nothing going for him except his practice now, you know, and that's all he has is just to defend those people who are in most cases, probably the most indefensible, you know, Yeah. as you know, Jimmy, Jimmy is, you know, I should say Saul now has really truly transformed into that stereotypical lawyer that everybody hates. The person who's just right. there to make a buck, and you know, it's there's no nobility in what he's doing anymore. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, but it was fun to watch that transformation throughout these six seasons because you saw Jimmy start where Jimmy would yes do things that weren't always on the up and up, but he always tried to do things for a fairly noble cause, and then it would just slowly, slowly slide down that hill. Till now we're 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 right where we left off in better in Breaking Bad, and yeah, I I'm with you. I don't know where they're gonna go though. I don't know if we're gonna get two episodes of Gene to wrap this series up. It makes me nervous given the amount of episodes they have left. Four and how episodes. much story they could possibly they could possibly tell. And like it, it feels like they have too many episodes left for given the amount of story they have left. Yeah, may they they gotta have something up to sleep because if I give these guys anything, they are tremendous writers. 
I mean, yeah. Vince Gilligan knows how to shape this thing, and he's he's done. I've, I will always give him the benefit of the doubt until he proves me wrong, and he has yet to do that on anything he's done. He, I mean, he, I, I still say that Breaking Bad has the best ending to a series of anything that I've I've watched. Um, it was a pretty good ending, and you know, after some of the stinkers that have, we've seen, just you know, in the past three years. Yeah, the alone, ones that you expected a lot out of, with yeah. with writing teams that were available, and right, you know, yeah, because it's very easy just to, for anybody to say, you know what, I got what I've wanted out of this series. Let's just mm-hmm. be done with it and go home. You know, now the, you can tell that that these people they do they, they care about their craft. They 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 care about the product. They care about the characters. And they care about the fans. They know they want to deliver the best possible product they can. And they've done that. And I'm... God, I, my fingers are crossed. Because I, I've got... I feel like I've got so much invested <laughs> in this in this season alone. I mean, because... Yeah. I mean, hell, just waiting this last month and a half for this season to come back. You know, you're like, God damn it. Okay, now we're here. And now we're four episodes away. What are they going to do? And please don't let me down. Yeah, like I said, it just, it, it really surprised me just with how quickly they dealt with Lala, and I was like, oh shit. Oh, I mean, well, like, like you're saying, Lala, yeah, they're wrapping up every storyline. They've wrapped up the Kim storyline. They've wrapped up, even though I, I still say we got a little bit more out of that, but they pretty much wrapped that up. They've wrapped the Lala yeah. story up. They've pretty much wrapped the Gus story up, too, to where we now yeah, know basically. where he ends up. I don't, yeah, you're right. Where do they go from there? What else has to be told now, or is this going to be... God, do I do we dare get like three episodes of Gene where we're telling a brand new story out here? I don't know. I mean, Jesus, huh? Could you imagine three episodes all in black and white? <laughs> That'd be weird. I think like it, it's nice, like the novel, the novelty of the scenes and all that to differentiate, like you know, to tell you so like here, here's the fucking timeline we're in. You know, but yep, exactly. I think I think from now on they could just show us Gene without it being black and white. I think we're all. We're all onto the and maybe maybe the, the preview is actually showing you that because if you if well if you've seen the, the art artwork of it is Gene uh, actually slipping that bright red coat back on all well everything else around him is in black and white so you, oh you is might that what that is that what the poster is yeah you you've seen that right I mean when you like when you log on to the AMC website or anything like that like that's that's the artwork you see. Uh, for this season. You know, now that you mention it, I yeah, I do see it, but I've never actually stopped and, and realized that he had a fucking mustache on in that. Shit, he does. Yeah, that's that's all Gene. So, yeah, because that's, that's basically what they're trying huh. to tell you for that one is he is slipping back to Saul at this point. And but you brought up a good point, though. You you might see that transition because, like I said, that jacket is all red. That's the only thing that's in color. At least I can remember. I don't remember Gene's in color on that one. But, no, he's not. I'm looking right at it. It's just the jacket. Yeah. Right. So, so I kind of wonder if they're going to go with kind of a uh, a Wizard of Oz kind of thing where, or like a, a Sin City kind yeah, of deal where there's step, just some you, bunches. Yeah, of color one thing and is shit. colored. Yeah. Or, but I, I would say it's more of the Wizard of Oz where you're stepping through that that doorway and all of a sudden you're in Technicolor. You know. Oh yeah. So. Huh. Well, that's fucking interesting. Yeah. I gotta we'll, check that out. We will see where it goes because I'm with you. Four episodes. That's all. Especially that last episode. You know that last episode's going to be well over an hour. They're not just going to have it a 50-minute episode for the final. I would hope. Like, the uh, the last couple episodes of the uh, Stranger Things were, were like, movie run times. And that, you know, it helped. Yeah, but like, that's, it, that's It's always fun do. seeing extended versions you know, of stories. For yeah. your series finales, I mean, your series finales. Like, this is the last you're doing of it. You want to tell everything. And you want to give the fans 
everything that they've wanted to see. All this, all the storylines need to be wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious with you. I, I just I don't know what they're gonna tell us, but I, I'm I'm already excited for next Monday. I wanted to get here. I know, right? <laughs> just a couple more weeks and we'll know everything for sure. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, four four more weeks. That's that's not that long, man. It's, By the time Thor is coming out on Disney Plus, we'll have wrapped up uh, Jimmy McGill's story. Yeah, but we'll be looking for new material to talk about at that point. Because yeah, that is definitely yeah. one movie I have not been looking forward to seeing at all. Yeah, I've I've read a lot about it. Like you know, the, the internet being what it is, spoilers are absolutely everywhere. So like, yeah. I've read everything has been out of context. So I just I, I'm trying not to judge it, but man, I just mm, I, I got to see it before I can. Yeah, really, I'm the same way. I've, I've, I'm not I've excited avoided, about what I'm reading. I've avoided yeah. spoilers. I've avoided reading anything, listening to anybody's commentary on it, because um, yeah, I, I want to go in as fresh as I can. But I have no desire. Even when I saw the previews, I was like, I just don't have the desire to go see this in theaters. It just doesn't look that good. And you know, it, and it's it's part of it is probably because I'm I'm getting a little marvelled out with phase four i think phase four unlike phases one two and three is really kind of aimless right now like i understand they want to like tell us like oh yeah king the conqueror it's all building to this whole thing it just doesn't feel organized like phase one two and three where you were every episode was really like a a nice solid building block on the next one to get you to that next step that next movie and phase four has just been really aimless for me so i'm just I'm not as excited for this or frankly, any movie. Like I, I, I'm, I will probably be excited when black Panther two comes out. I'm really curious what they're going to do with that. But yeah, Thor has not been anything. I, I still haven't finished watching the Miss Marvel series. I, I, I'm having a hard time getting through that. I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. Did you? I mean, I, I, I can see very, why you thought it was good from what I've seen of it so far. I can see why you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it, I, I know your a, taste. It, it, it's yeah. done very well. It, it's their most complete series that Disney Plus has done. Okay, well, I'll still give it. I'll get through the end of it just to see where they go from it. But yeah, it's just like nothing is really scratching me where I itch on these things, right? I mean, I'm just, I can't. I'm not as excited as I, I used to be about a lot of these movies. Yeah, and, and that's fair too. Like especially now, like considering all the Marvel TV shows and Marvel movies together, we're at over. A hundred hours of viewing time. Yeah, so there's so much. There's a lot, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking about a lot of viewing time, uh, I I know your favorite thing, and when it comes to stories, especially Star Wars, is that when they film the gaps of stories with companion books. But I will say, <laughs> <laughs> one just came out that I think you may want to check out. This is your book recommendation, huh? It is, and I, I know how you feel about these sort of things, but. I, uh, I picked it up and I started reading it and it is it's goddamn entertaining and it's we're, it's the gap filler we were looking for as far as the the story before Force Awakens. So after Return of the Jedi, but before Force Awakens. Yeah. Okay. Like Luke has the you know the the Jedi Academy set up. You know, uh, Ben Kenobi is there. You know everything. It, it's two decades after Empire is when this story is. Okay. And it's about uh, it's about Luke and Lando. They have to go on a mission together, and it's it's fucking damn good so far. Really, man. The, the, the Mandalorian yes. doesn't show up or anything like that, right? They're not tying all that I, crap together. I mean, I'm not that far into the book uh, yet. He could. I like, I haven't read any spoilers online about it or anything. But uh, as far as I can tell, like people are they're just praising like the the portrayal of Luke in this is like the most you know 
the most complete Jedi version like that we've been hmm. presented with as to, you know. Do you know if this is actually going to be considered canon by Disney? As far as I'm aware, like it's it's officially like, you know, canon because okay. it's been officially like as far as uh, all the companion books like they wiped out some of the legends one like who knows what was canon but this one officially by starwars.com, Disney, everything else is story. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It, I would it, it give touches it a on, try. It, 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 it deals with Ray's parents, too. So, like, all the, all the questions we had, like, they're supposed oh. to be answered in this. D- uh, I don't know if I want the answers to that, because <laughs> the, the third one didn't give me any compelling answers that I needed, so... I, I, uh, people really like this book, man. Like, I, I, I've been doing my best to avoid reviews and all that, but everything I've read so far, like, the blurbs I've seen appear to be glowing. Are you, like like, halfway through this book, or...? I'm two chapters in, and okay, it's okay. pretty so fucking good. Started. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. And what what is this uh, book called? Shadow of the Sith. It just came out Shadow a couple of weeks ago. Shadow of the Sith. All right, I will yeah. look it up. Download that to the Kindle or something. I'm telling you, man, it's like the first couple of pages, I was like, okay, I can kind of feel it. And then as they started incorporating Luke and Lando into the story more like the you know we're figuring out like what the, the galaxy is like in the the time frame and just you know it's it's easy to fall back into both these characters and feel like you're experiencing it like you're watching it because we are you know we're so you know we know who Luke Skywalker and Lando are like without a doubt like we picture them in our heads as soon as we say their names yeah. like so we can see them actually acting these stories out like in our minds kind of thing so it's I don't know, man. I like it so far. I, I hope the I hope it stays good because it's pretty good so far. Yeah, I mean that's I've I never really got into any of those, you know, storylines. Like every, everything I've learned of those is you know kind of just reading some cliff notes on a lot of stuff, right? And seeing where people have pulled ideas from, but yeah, it, it could be worth a read. If it's, well, until the next time they change it, this is canon. So. You know? that's that's the big key yeah dude whatever disney wants to say well we don't like that anymore we'll it'll be canon it for another five years before they change it up and redo it again yeah that'll be about it it's, yeah until uh what's his name you know makes another uh trilogy and says who george lucas not, you think he'll direct lucas, again so but uh, oh. uh mr last jedi uh ryan ryan johnson ryan johnson yeah yeah there's well, still man, can- there's still that talk out there that he's still going to get his trilogy yeah right <laughs> I'll believe that as soon as they give David Gordon Green another trilogy for the Halloween movies. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Damn. Yeah. Dude, I know the, the, Hall- the Halloween Ends trailer is finally coming out uh, like tomorrow because like, Comic-Con's coming up, so you know things are going to start coming out here or there over the next couple of days. It's going to be a really busy weekend for trailers and movie news and you know everything like that. But i got to tell you, the, the plot to Halloween Ends <laughs> leaked a couple of days ago and like they did a bunch of test screening so obviously people are talking about it all online are they jumping they the shark now is that, is that what's oh, happening oh dude if you thought some of the movies they made like in the original Halloween run were bad oh no 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 buckle up cowboy because oh. this is about to get far shittier then you you've got to be loving this then because you love some of that shit I, I I to this day I will stand by Halloween Resurrection as a fucking entertainment. That's the Buster Rhymes one, right? It, obviously, oh, yes. God, that's it's a, it, it, oh. Danger Tame. Yes, it it has its merits. There are some entertaining things about it, but I gotta say, after after what Halloween Kills was and what they're leading into with Halloween Ends, what I've read about it, it's man, I hmm. 
How can a series I, start so strong and seemingly it's going to finish on such a shit skid? I mean... I would say both these movies are worse than the Halloween movie that Paul Rudd was in. Oh, wow. Worse. And like, that was one where they folded in like all the the Michael Myers druid yeah. symbol, like cult of the whatever. And those stuff, are, like I agree with you, those are the... That's worse than the Busta Rhymes one, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, boy. They do way worse than that, but in a completely different way. <laughs> it's like, how do these other movies fail? Okay, I'm going to fail this way. So that's the way they went. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they've, they've looked at history, right? They said, oh, yeah, like, who who yeah. is back and looks and say, oh, yeah, remember Halloween 5? That was a great idea. We should emulate that. You know what? It's... <laughs> You're going to see a lot of similarities between that one and, oh. and Halloween Ends when it comes out. And surprisingly enough, this one is going to be straight to theatrical release. We wouldn't even get the luxury of watching this thing flop at home. We have to go to a fucking theater to see this shit. I might be calling my shot now and saying I'm not going to the theater <laughs> to watch it. If it's if it's as bad as you're already starting to make me feel, I, yeah. I don't think I want to spend any money on this thing. I don't want to either. And, you know, why do we have to? We get to sit at home and watch Rob Zombie's The Monsters on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I saw the previews for this. What 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 did I see? I, I don't know. I don't understand. If this is a comedy. I mean, because that is not zombies forte is comedy. No, it is not. It, this feels like it's going to be a, a PG thirteen kids movie tops. It, it is that what it is? it's a movie? It's not a TV series. No, it's a movie. Oh yeah. my god! It. I just. I cannot. I can't wrap my head around it. Like I'm, tr- I've watched it the the previews like a couple of times just to say, okay, is there anything that stands out here that I might like? Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. There's nothing but- sticking out to me that would say, yeah, you should just check out an episode or or watch the first 15 minutes of this. Right, because most people think if you're doing the monsters like and it's Rob Zombie, it's going to be a remake of the show. But what this one is is that it's actually a prequel to the series because it's focusing on. Herman Munster and Lily, like, Getting just together, starting right? to date. Yeah. yeah. Like, Grandpa made Herman or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. To be the, <laughs> you know, the, the perfect husband for his daughter. I, uh, yeah, it's... Okay, I will say this. As far as the original series goes, like, you know, people like it. Like, it was the greatest show ever. Like, it was okay. No, no, like, it, you know, it was I Even yeah. as a kid, Yeah. I never... I, was, I, I think I was, like, you know, because it was the 60s and I was... You know, watching it as a young kid in the very early '80s, uh-huh. I, I it didn't it didn't really appeal to me. I like I you knew the laugh track and all that other crap that's in it. Right. It was just so it, it it just it just wasn't for me. I I didn't like that. I same with the Adams family. I never liked the Adams family as a kid either. Yeah, like it, it was fun for me. I think just seeing like monsters do regular people shit, but after that, the novelty wore off after a while. Yeah. But I think with this with this movie, it's got. There's a certain amount of camp I think that if Rob Zombie leaned into pretty hard, and don't forget he too like he, he was he worked on uh, a show from way back in the day that I, I'm, I'm sure you were well aware of, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes, absolutely. So I think if he can tap into that sort of silliness for this, I think this movie could find some legs. It could be you surprisingly think? entertaining. I think it could. Okay, no, it's not even PG-13. It's straight PG. Yeah. So this is a Rob Zombie PG movie, but I think I, I think he, he could lean into the campiness of it, man. There might be something here. Well, like I, it's either going to be his worst movie ever, which is fucking saying a lot, or it'll be the one they get people talking about how brilliant here's, he is. Here's the thing I will give anybody who's an artist out there. 
he he is one guy that's not afraid to try things okay Fuck, he'll, he'll no, step out and do some crazy <laughs> stuff but he he does it in a very specific genre this is well outside his well his wheelhouse now you know you know, this he, could you be know, what what gets him back on top. Well, man. I mean, I, I will respect him for that if he if he because if he could succeed in this, I, the more power yeah. to him. I'll say, hey, you for you sure. should do more of this than if you're good at this. Mm-hmm. But just from what I'm seeing here, it just it, either it's yeah, it's it's going in with my my prejudice of saying okay, I didn't really like the original Munster series, and I know what Rob Zombie the the stuff he puts out. Like I'm I'm not even a real big fan of his horror movies because they're just a little too visceral for me, and I just don't need to see all that all the time, but I, I will give anything a shot. Like I will, I, I will turn this on maybe for like 10 minutes just to give it a shot and see if it's, <laughs> if it has anything. Cause like, I didn't even think about the PBS right. playoffs thing. You're right. If, if that could be brought back to life, even just a hint of that magic, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, but maybe I, I think that's going to be a far stretch. I mean, because it's not just him. Like he was working on that. He didn't create that. You know, yeah. that was a culm- a culmination of a lot of people's good idea. Yeah, you know, that's to true. make that thing come to life. But yeah, hey, I will give anybody credit for going out there and really trying something new. And I, it's not fair to me to bash it in any way because I haven't seen it. That that's completely inappropriate if I was doing that. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm just saying I, my my hopes are not going to be set so high that I would ever be disappointed yeah. by anything like that. Yeah, I, I think them too doing Universal putting on Netflix is you know it's a smart way to go. Yes, I mean this is not something you put in theaters because I, no. I don't know who would go see this <clears throat> because children. I don't think people people want to take their children to it because if they see Rob Zombie's name attached to it, you're not going to take your child to right. it. And yeah, for sure. if you're an adult, you're going to look at it and be like, yeah, I like Rob Zombie. I love his music. I like some of the movies he made. This is not what I'm used to and I don't want to go see it. For the same reason, I wouldn't go pay money in a theater to go see it. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, give it give it a test in uh, Netflix and we'll see where it ends up. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, a good 20 minutes. Like, I, man, I, I tried a couple of real shitbox movies earlier in the week that I gave far more time to. I don't know if <laughs> it, 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 the last time you watched uh, either Snakes on a Plane or I Know What You Did Last Summer, but both fuck, man. Both are I, c- I couldn't get through either one. Could not finish either one. I don't blame you. They're both awful. Those are terrible and that's, films. And I, I watched all. Oh, <laughs> All of over the top. I watched all of old. Yeah, that's true. Like I have seen some dog shit this year and could not do either one of those two. Yeah, this might this might end up being one of our roughest years where we've like somehow prematurely aged ourselves like twenty years just by watching movies. I blame Hollywood. They needed to get better writing. That seems to be the the big takeaway here. I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's ever got any better. It's like it's like digging through piles of shit and looking for one golden nugget in there somewhere. Yeah. You know. But once you find one, it's all worth it. It's a gem, yeah. It's worth keeping, <laughs> but god damn right. it. It's a yeah. slog to get through. For real, man. You gotta sift through a lot of the monsters to find your one robot jocks. <laughs> yeah, because that's the gem that everybody's looking for. It's the gem somebody's looking for out there, I'm sure. Yes, I believe that ge- that name of that person is you. So. Yeah. But you know what? I got my I got my one golden nugget, so I'm solid. Yeah, you're good. But there's always a search for more because that's what we do on the show. 
That's true. So hopefully everybody out there, you can find your own golden nugget of shit. Yeah, I hope, I hope we. <laughs> like I, I hope of all these episodes, we're guiding you along to something, or you're completely yeah. hating us because you're like, why did you make me watch that shit? Soon we'll watch Iron Eagle, and someone will find that as their nugget, and you know the cycle continues. Oh, I can't wait. Well, me either. Speaking of movies that are coming up, there, what, mm-hmm. what do we have on tap? Uh, I mean, we could do a canon one next. Like we we do have access to a few, or I'm open to suggestions. Like there's always uh, RoboCop. Like I'm well, quite curious to get into that one we too. We have that, and one thing that we we kind of touched on a little bit off air last time. Um, I think we should visit a Schwarzenegger film since we haven't done that as a special treat. Which one? I say Commando. Okay. Let's. Uh, it's it's available on streaming, and it's worth going back to just talk about it. Bring back your childhood '80s action, uh, action inner child, and let's see where that takes us. 1985 Commando, and then we got to get back into canon after that. That wasn't a canon movie, Commando. Commando is not a canon film. No, it is what? No, I, I thought it was. I, at least I don't think it is. No, no. way, I'm man! I'm certain really... it's a 20th century Fox production. Shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. God damn, that yeah. was not a canon movie. Yeah, it's that's too good to be canon. I don't think Schwarzenegger. Well, ever I mean, they had canon had a couple of okay ones. Like this one felt like it was right in that wheelhouse where it was like I, it is a canon. I, movie. I I would like you to mark the time on this very episode that you <laughs> said that because I'm gonna bring that back in about six weeks after we watch more canon films. There have to be, statistically speaking, there has to be one or two. It's like that was a good movie. Yeah, they might surprise you with the statistically saying no. They, they managed to do everything shit. There's got to be one good one in the, in the lot. Like there's just got to be. Uh, oh man, you're, <laughs> you're really just slaughtering my enthusiasm here. Jesus you, I, I after watching Superman over the top and everything else we've watched so far, yeah, right. like are are you like like whoa this this has got to get better? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know what I'm expecting. <laughs> no, this is a this is a dive into below mediocrity. So yeah. that's what this is is looking on and seeing. What were they thinking? I think every movie you always have to ask yourself, what were they thinking? It says a lot if Bloodsport is your best movie. Yeah, that's a good one. I will give it that. Okay, that's a decent one. But even that, you've got to have a love for it because anybody would just normally watch it now. No. Oh, yeah, no. You're, if you watch that on, on regular cable, like where they edit out everything, <laughs> like you used to be on TBS, like six minutes. Yeah, for sure, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was that. And fucking uh, Christmas time, you had uh, Christmas, Christmas Story. Christmas Story. Which movies yep. that, that fucking network on. <laughs> Maybe Cyborg late at night, you know. If you had USA, that was a USA, yeah. Catch a movie with Rhonda, and you know you're good to go. That's right, Rhonda, up all night. Yes, up all night. Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, greatest show ever. Wow, uh, I know. Oh, that is a real blast <laughs> from the past. Thank you for bringing that. Up. I know, right? Uh, well, hey everybody, enjoy this week's TV. We are gonna get out of here. There's a ton of shit to watch. Until next time, peace. Can you dig it?